tonight we continue our series, This is Real Love, investigating the story of the woman at the well. And I want you to pray with me before we dive in. So would you bow your heads and hearts, please? Jesus, as I watch that actor portray you, I am reminded of the amazing love you have for each of us. The amazing forgiveness and grace. The acceptance. I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds to hear everything that you have to say to each of us tonight and help us to not just be hearers of your truth, but doers of your truth. In your name we pray, amen. I have a question for you that does not require you to raise your hand. This is one of those questions where you just kind of think of your answer. Have you, have you ever felt excluded? Like you're on the outside of something looking in. Maybe it was a sports team. Maybe it was a friendship group that you really wanted to be a part of. Like maybe it was something about you that you thought, this is why people don't like me. Lydia knew that feeling. As hard as she tried, she always felt like she just couldn't fit in. She couldn't measure up to whatever it seemed to be that other people were looking for when they looked at her. She never felt pretty enough. She never felt smart enough, funny enough, dressed well enough, rich enough to truly fit in. And she pretended it didn't bother her when she would hear other people in her school talking about the parties that they were at this weekend, that weekend, and how fun they were. And she acted like it didn't affect her and she didn't feel left out that she was never even invited in the first place the woman that we've been spending time with these past weeks knew what it was like to feel excluded in her own hometown to always be on the outside of everything looking in if you had lived in her town when she was alive you would have never guessed that god could have used her for anything good much less to change as many lives as he did. Two weeks ago, Brenna stood up here on this stage and she challenged us, remember her bucket? And she challenged us to think through what are we trying to fill the well of our lives with? Is it sports? Is it whatever it might be? She had a bunch of different things that we could, remember basketball was one of hers? And then last week, Kristen came up here and she challenged us to bring our wounds to Jesus and to look for how he can bring good out of even the hard things that have happened to us. Tonight, as we dive further into the story, I want you to think about what truth Jesus would want to tell you if you were the one meeting him at the well. We're going to start by reading an excerpt of the story. You can follow along. It'll be on the screens. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, Jesus left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. 
So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. That means it was about noon. One of the hottest parts of the day. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And then they have the conversation, and we're going to skip ahead to when his disciples come back and see him talking to her. Just then his disciples came back, and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, which was totally taboo for rabbis to do. Jewish teachers were not supposed to talk to a woman if it wasn't their wife. And then, but no one said to him, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him, the people from town. And then we're going to skip down and hear more about the ministry that this woman had and influence she had on her town. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him, in Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. When I first read this story, verse 4 jumped out at me. He had to pass through Samaria. And I pulled out a map, and Samaria was below, between where Jesus was and where he was going. And I thought, okay, well, he had to pass through Samaria. Specifically, the word had jumped out at me. Why did he have to pass through Samaria? Well, geographically, it made sense. But did you know Jews and Samaritans hated each other so much? The Jews, if they had to travel from where Jesus was up to the other part of their country, they would go across the Jordan River and up and around to get to where they were going. They would add so much onto their trip because they just didn't want to come into contact with the hated Samaritans. But not Jesus. He had a surprise appointment with this woman. Jesus came along and he spoke truth and love into her life. If you haven't taken time to watch The Chosen, I just want to put a plug in it right now. You'll see an amazing conversation. Now notice, Jesus doesn't gloss over the ugly truth about her life and choices. He doesn't just go, eh, whatever. He speaks truth, but he also shows her God's love for her. He listened to her and he spoke truth. Now some people today think it's loving to just kind of avoid speaking the truth. So as to, you know, not have conflict and just everybody, can we just get along? And we sacrifice truth in the process. But that is not really loving. Real love speaks truth. But it's also not loving to speak truth without caring about the person that you're speaking to. Jesus made it clear to this woman that he cared about her. Now imagine for a second if I saw you having fun hanging out with friends on a railroad track, laughing and enjoying yourselves, but in the distance I could see a train headed for you. Should I let you continue having fun or should I speak the truth? Right, I should speak the truth. But speaking the truth would end your fun. Should I stay silent or speak truth? Which is more loving? Speaking truth, right? 
Jesus speaks truth into this woman's life as he seeks to build a relationship with her. And something in the woman's heart is changed. Suddenly she, who came to the well in the middle, hottest part of the day, to avoid people, has dropped the reason she came to the well in the first place. Her water jar lays behind her. And she is running full speed ahead back into town to tell people about this man that she met at the well. The woman at the well knew she wasn't enough. She had failed many times and quite publicly in her life. And she knew it. And honestly, I think if you had asked her, she would have told you she was beyond hope for God to ever use her. Have you ever felt like that? I know not one person in this room has never messed up. We've all made mistakes. And most of the time, I would say probably our mistakes have hurt other people in the process. Gotten a little short-tempered with your parents? Been snarky to, the, to a friend? Said something mean about someone else? We've all made mistakes that hurt other people, and this one was no different. But a not-so-random conversation with a special rabbi changed her. Jesus changed her. And with faith in him fueling her, she raced back to town to tell others about Jesus and her encounter, dropping her water jars and leaving them at Jesus' feet. Here's a question I want you to think about. What things do you and I carry around with us in our lives that we need to drop at Jesus' feet? Do we carry grudges and unforgiveness? Do we carry a need to fit in? I'll tell you one of mine. I'm a people pleaser. I always have been. I care way too much about what other people think of me sometimes. And I struggle to live consistently caring only what God thinks of me. At Jesus' feet, I need to drop the heavy weight of caring about what other people think of me. And I need to pick up his love and his acceptance and the truth about being his child no matter what. What do you need to drop at Jesus' feet? Well, that's what the woman did. At Jesus' feet, she dropped her old definition of, of herself. Who she was and who others thought she was, she just left it laying there and didn't care and raced into town to tell everyone about Jesus. The townspeople, seeing the dramatic change in her and wondering what happened, went out to see Jesus for themselves, and many believed in him. With Jesus, this unlikely candidate for world changer invited her entire town to meet Jesus, and many, many lives were changed. But what does this story have to do with us? I want us to look at a piece of scripture really quickly from Ephesians chapter 2, a piece of truth from God's word. Let's read it together. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A couple things I want to point out before we uh, go past this slide. It's by grace We've been saved through faith in Jesus. It's not something we can earn. 
And it says we are his, meaning God's workmanship. Now, there's a translation that actually calls us God's masterpiece. I like that. You and I are God's masterpieces. And that he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. Did you know that even if your parents didn't plan on you and you were a surprise to them, you were not a surprise to God? Awesome. My girls were too, actually. But you were not a mistake. God knew that you were coming, and he, get this, the way he knits you together, you have gifts and talents that he wants to use. He planned to use for his good works. First thing I want to just point out, apart from a real faith in Jesus, will never be enough. We will never measure up. We can't muster up enough goodness. We can't manufacture enough perfection to earn our way to heaven. It's just not going to happen. We've all messed up, and it's only by grace through faith in Jesus. Second, with faith in Jesus, however, we are enough. We are forgiven, and we're enough to accomplish what God planned in advance for us to do. Did you catch that? God has had plans for you since before your parents even knew they were expecting you. I think that's pretty amazing and cool. And when we place our faith in Jesus, something kind of like this happens. So this is you or me before Jesus, and this is us after Jesus. Here's what he does. He fills us up so much with his love and his grace and his forgiveness that it spills out to the people around us. When we place our faith in Jesus, the people around us can't help but getting spilled on a little bit with his love and grace. Are you thirsty for what Jesus has to offer? Do you want to know what it is to actually be enough? to Then say yes to Jesus' invitation to take the next step in your faith. Remember chaos values? Maybe you guys don't, but it's kind of a cool acronym that the team came up with. It actually spells out chaos, but the O is taking the one next step. What's the one next step you need to take in your faith? Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you go, you know what? I've been kind of toying with the idea of this Jesus thing, and maybe now, maybe it's time I actually said yes. If that's you, I just want to say, Brenna, Kristen, or I, or Jasmine, or Callie, any of our chaos leaders, your small group leader, we would love to talk to you more about that and get you started, pray with you. Maybe your next step is to stop relying on the faith of your parents and just expecting them to push you into everything. But maybe you want to take responsibility for your own faith and start talking to God for yourself and diving into God's word for yourself and taking on ownership of your faith. Maybe like the woman at the well, you have friends who do not know Jesus and need to hear what he's done for you or be invited to chaos where they can hear us share about him more. Real love. That's our series, right? Real love. Jesus' love accepts us as we are, speaks truth in love into our circumstances, and invites us to more and better than we could ever imagine or ask. I'm going to invite Q and Bradley to come up here, and uh, we're going to sing a song for you. And I want, while we're singing this song, I want you to take time and think about 
Talk to God about what is the thing you need to throw down at Jesus' feet. Your leaders have sticky notes. I'd invite you to just write a word or two that'll help you remember what you're throwing down and then talk to God about helping you let go of what it is. Crumple it up, talk to God about it, and throw it in the pew next to you and next to your seat. And then, uh, you're not done yet, then I want you to ask God's help taking the next step. This is a song called Enough.
Jesus, thank you. Those are two little words that it's easy to take for granted. Until we know the depth of our sin and our need for you, we don't really begin to understand how desperately much we need you. Help us each to take that next step, whatever it is for each of us. Lord, if there are people in this room that for them tonight is the night they want to say yes to you, pray that you'd give them the courage to talk to one of us and they would take that step. If the next step for some of us is inviting a friend or telling a friend about you, give us courage to do that. If our next step, Lord, is making our faith our own and not depending on our parents' faith, but getting to know you for ourselves, Help us to have the courage to start to do that. God, at the end of each of our lives, may we hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Check out the surprise I've got for you now. Bless our time, Lord, as we worship you. Help it be a genuine response of gratitude and praise to you. In your name we pray. Amen.